All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sam's DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, May 30th of 2023 here, back after a long weekend. Yesterday was Memorial Day. I was gone on Friday for a long weekend, so happy to be back at it here. Uh, looking forward to doing this show all week long. We usually do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. Questions come in uh, via support. You can reach us at support at SaberSim.com. Questions come in live in the YouTube chat, and questions also come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it. Get access to all of our similars. Get access to our Office Hours channels where you can post a question ahead of time. And you also get access to all of our individual sport channels, people talking uh, TFS strategy all day long over there. So a lot of good conversation. Highly recommend joining up if you are not already joined up. Uh, but with that being said, going to get the SaberSim app pulled up here. Looks like we have... Uh, just MLB today, a 13-game MLB slate, so nice big classic slate here. But uh, all a lot of the other sports winding down now. We are in the Stanley Cup final. We are in the NBA finals now as well, so we won't have NBA back until Thursday. We will not have NHL back until Saturday. And then uh, we also have the Memorial uh, PGA event teeing off on Thursday morning here so a lot of baseball to talk about you know happy to talk about nba playoff nba showdown ahead of the big uh millie uh tournament that the gpb that DraftKings is running on thursday's game one of the nba finals so whatever you guys want to talk about uh now is always a great time to get those questions in i only have one question here to get us started that came in via support here so i'm going to answer this question and then we will see where we go from there but if anybody has any questions now is a great time to get those in so can you get this question posted here question says i found the videos and math explanations really helpful and informative fantastic content i have a question applying the saverson profit plan i have approximately a 40k bankroll and i'm struggling to apply a full 2% of that on each slate while staying away from the flagship contests. I'm on FanDuel and aside from the flagship contest, the rally similarly pays out 20 to 25% of the prize pool to first place. So I'm assuming the rally is to be avoided for the same reasons as the squeeze going up in stakes means running into far more of the top players while simultaneously losing my ability to max enter. So this puts me at a loss of where to apply my money while staying true to the profit plan principles. Do you guys have any guidance? Okay, so it's a really good question to get us started here today. Um, so, so I don't, I don't know. You know, you said I'm on Fanduel, so I don't know if that means like you're in a state that only allows Fanduel here. Uh, but basically, my my first answer to this question would be branch out to other sites, right? Uh, unfortunately, you know, DraftKings has like this really healthy alternate slate lobby here where they're running you know four classic slates um all of these slates you know usually have fairly good contests and then they have the four showdowns FanDuel has you know they have the all day slate they'll do like a early slate a turbo slate but those uh contest lobbies are not as healthy as the DraftKings ecosystem unfortunately here so if you have the ability to branch out to other DFS sites whether that be 
Yahoo, whether that be DraftKings, whether that be Owner's Box, um, all of those sites are available in different types of states. So see what's available to you, but you are correct. Like at some point, you know, if you're playing one single site, you are going to run out of um, contests to play under $3 on an individual site. And then the only other thing I wanted to say that, you know, on FanDuel, FanDuel runs a lot of satellites under $3. So I don't know if you're like only maxing out the GPPs, um, but there are a ton of the dime satellites, quarter satellites, $1 satellites. And a lot of these satellites overlay. I mean, they overlay often, especially like cross sport satellites here. If you are playing um, MLB and they're running like a uh, single game showdown satellite for the NBA finals, like those might overlay, right? So keep your eye on those. And then also, you know, they'll run some satellites like above the $3 threshold. Uh, Capture overlay. You know, I would say that if you can, even if it's over $3 where everyone's going to have access to that, if you don't have to pay rake, if they are paying you to play that contest, I I would play those. I think that that is a great place to go above the $3 threshold, but um, branch out to sites, you know, check out owner's box, check out Yahoo, check out DraftKings. Um, if, if you're um, set on only playing Fandle, you know, at some point uh, you are going to have to accept that the, uh, that, that move into like the higher dollar contest into the flagships uh, for, for anybody who does have access to these contests to, to all the sites and is running into a similar situation here. I actually like playing on FanDuel like flagships first. And that's usually because their flagships are $3, $4, $5, $7, $9. Um, a lot, a lot of their flagships that they run are a smaller entry fee. So you could do, you know, a $5 flagship, 150 max on FanDuel, get 150 lineups, or you could go to DraftKings, do their $15 flagship, only get 50 lineups, right? So I think that, you know, as you're coming up, you know, you're you're right in that range where your bankroll is is kind of forcing you to, to play more contests, right? So at that point, um, if you had to choose between, you know, what side to play the flagship on, I actually like playing it on FanDuel just because you get more lineups in, and um, in general, that's that's usually a good thing, right? Uh, more more lineups smooth out that variance over time here. But those are my initial thoughts. Uh, if if I didn't answer your question fully, just respond to us. But we will get a timestamp recording of this answer back over to you. All right, question here from Dante. And Dante said, when I run a five k lineup build and I change the sim diversity to a lower number, why does it not give me the full 5k lineup? Sometimes, for example, it'll give me 4,000 and change lineups instead of the full 5k. Uh, so this really depends on the sport that you're playing. Like, let's say that you're building lineups. Um, I don't know if NASCAR is a great example here, but maybe like tennis or, or league of legends or CSGO, you know, you're playing one of these, um, overall smaller, like niche sports here. Um, I, I think that, you know, what can happen is the builder can have a hard time trying to reach this requested number of lineups here, especially with, you know, minimax salary constraints and in and, and uh, potentially any rules here. But I think I think the salary comes into play. I think that, you know, the uh, player pool here has a lot to do with it. So if if that's something you're having trouble with, you want to see 5,000. Uh, I would first come in here and try to lower your max salary, see if that helps at all. But I think that, you know, depending on what you're playing, um, 
I, I would, I would, if, if that's where the builders maxing out, you know, I'd probably be okay with that. I think that's like still plenty of lineups here to choose from. And I wouldn't be too concerned with what I'm seeing there. The, the only other thing, you know, talking about how we're getting into NBA showdown, we're getting into NHL showdown with the, with the finals here is that when you are running builds on sim diversity 10 here, the builder can have a really hard time reaching, um, 5,000 lineups if you're on the pro plan. So when I'm building lineups for any type of showdown on 010, I'm actually lowering my pool size uh, from 5,000 to 2,500 here. So when I go in and change it, I am just making this 2,500 up. This is a lot more builder friendly. Building lineups on Sim Diversity 10 is just really, really intensive for the builder here. And just lowering that pool size down to 2,500 uh, seems to work fine. I've, I've talked to a lot of users about that via support and discord and things like that. So just a note for you guys as NBA showdown um, comes up here. All right. Next question here in the discord. Would you ever go back through past slates to back test the process or a change in process, wishlist request, a way to backtest within the contest that would show profit loss. Uh, so, so good question here. Uh, this is something that, you know, we, we have discussed internally here. I don't want to talk too much about it, but we understand that, you know, a lot of users want to know how to backtest, want to learn how to backtest in, in a way that is uh, efficient, a way that can produce more signal rather than noise. So this is something that we are reviewing internally and, and talking about. So hopefully some more news to come on that in the future here, but I will take this down as a feature request to make sure that people see that people are asking for this. So discord feature request uh, office hours and I'll get that logged. All right. Those are all the questions uh, via support and discord. We are going to jump over to the YouTube chat here. Noah said, hey, Andrew, for NBA Showdown, if you went to the most unique lineups between the number 1 and 20 lines, how actually different would they would be? Feels like they would all have very similar builds, even though they will be unique. Also, if you lock Jokic's captain, do the Sims have a way to mix the lines between Jokic and two studs versus Jokic with a balanced line with him at captain. My thoughts are that he will be a very popular captain, but I feel like there are so many ways to play him different at captain. Okay. So th this, this really sounds like a um, lineup construction question here. Uh, so let's just go over to NBA. I don't think we're going to have projections up yet, uh, but the team does tend to surprise me sometimes with, with how quick they can do stuff. Uh, so, so no projections yet for Thursday's game, but Let's just talk about this question a little bit here, right? So if you went to the most unique lines between the numbers one and number 20, how actually different would they be? So so the way I would imagine doing this is let's just go back to yesterday. We'll just use uh, yesterday's game as an example here. So what I'm going to do is uh, build some lineups here. I'm just going to build 500 for the sake of this example. And we'll talk about this. So if you want to know, you know, what lineups are going to be the most unique, uh, the way that I would try, the way that that makes sense to me is to do a um, geomean calculation here if you're on the pro plan and then sort by lowest geomean to highest. The only issue that you might run into here is that if there are players who have an ownership of 0%, then that's going to make your geomean calculation 
uh, zero effectively here. So then you might need to go to the home screen and make some adjustments. So this is this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. So Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon at the captain spot is in our pool, but because his ownership is zero, all the geomines are going to be zero. So sometimes this is actually like a good, this is a good point for um, NBA showdown. This is something that I do myself here is I will set ownership floors basically. So what I want to say is like, Hey, anybody that has a projection here. So let's just do my projection greater than zero for both of these. Um, I'm going to sort by projection. I'm going to get rid of all these guys that I don't want to see. So, so all these players down here, Highsmith, Kevin Love, Zeller, um, Malcolm Brogdon, all have basically zero ownership, right? So what I will do is I will just say, you know what? Anybody under 2% here, I'm just going to put them all at one here. And I'm just going to standardize this. That way I know that the calculations that are happening in the post build cannot be zero effectively there. And then what this does, it only benefits me. It, it never really hurts me here, right? So if the builder is calculating the geo mean with these artificially inflated ownership projections that I'm giving it to kind of standardize the bottom ranges here, um, we're only expecting these guys to come in less owned than I'm making them. So that's actually a really good thing for me, right? Um, if, if they're expected to be less owned than what I have them here, then my G, my my lineup that I am projecting to be, you know, 10 dupes might be seven dupes or something like that, right? So I would do that for both captains and um, flex players here. And then say like all these guys, you know, we've got this big jump from like 19.6 down to like 2%. So I might just come in here and just standardize these guys to like five. Um, I don't have a number that that i always use you know like one or two percent in the captain maybe like three to five percent here in the utility spot depending on what some of these guys look like here but this is a way to prevent your geomine calculation from showing up with zeros so then i would rerun my build and then wait for this to come in here and see um what those new bottom of the lineup bottom of like the pool for lowest geomines are so going to let this rebuild, and then we will go back and look at that here. Um, I, I also would expect these to be, like, fairly – frankly, I expect most lineups in my pool to be fairly different here. Um, and I'll talk about that in a minute here. But going to go back to GeoMean, going to inversely sort, so lowest GeoMean at the top here. And then, yeah, all of these now have a number, so 14.5, 15, as opposed to those zeros we were seeing. So I think that's if you're going to do some type of rule with GeoMean, um, either rule in the home screen or a filter, filtering things out, I think that standardizing makes a lot of sense here. This is actually a concept I got from uh, Matt on a pro video when, when we were talking about duplication, it's one of our, uh, one of the best reasons to be on the Saberson pro plan. You know, you're going to have the ability to create these custom metrics and do filters as well as get access to our pro exclusive content plus the 5,000 lineups. So great, great. Some great reasons there to be on the pro plan, but getting back to this, right? We have our first lineup, uh, Max stress captain. And then if we, we go down here to our 20th we have a caleb martin captain uh this this lineup actually did really good here martin brown butler out of bio high smith and lowry i bet you that this was like probably a pretty good lineup for for this slate here right but um but the reason that that i think that you know it's like hey you know 
is is my last lineup going to be uh, very different from my first lineup? And like the answer to me is yes, and that is simply because we are taking all of our simulations, right? And then we are randomly selecting one for this NBA showdown, and we are constructing the optimal lineup from that lineup, right? And so those can look really different, right? I think that one thing that you might see is like you get some of the same blow-owned guys in this lineup, right? You get like Struss and, and Brogdon here, but but this is a 5-1 Celtics stack, our first one, and then even our second one is a 3-3 Miami uh, Celtics stack, right? So um, even though that we have the same captain, the stack constructions are a lot different here. So um, I think that, you know, you're, you're not going to get a lot of the same exact lineups. You're not going to get these one-for-one swaps. That's that's really what's happening with a traditional optimizer. They're optimizing based on projected points. So they're saying, okay, you know, who is the top captain? You know, I just want I just want to, you know, play play as much of them as I can. And then we're going to do all these one-for-one swaps here. And then, then we're going to go to, you know, the next captain for salary constraints and all that, right? So when you're optimizing based on projected score, I could see that, right? But we are... We are taking these single game simulations and then just using whatever fantasy points the player scored in that one sim as the points when we go to construct the lineup. We are not using the average projections here. So I think that the lineups um, tend to be a lot different in general here. All right. Good question there. Uh, Chicken Nuggie said, is there a way to do mini Neeks pre-build? If so, how? Thanks. Uh, so there is not. Uh, we used to have this feature where in the build settings, we would have mini uniques in the pre-build here. Uh, we took that away for two reasons. One, we thought that it was uh, having a major effect on the integrity of the Sims here. So really the way we build lineups is that, you know, we, we randomly sample our pool of Sims and then we construct your lineups, right? But with this mini unique feature, what was happening a lot, uh, very, very often is that we would build these lineups, right? And then the lineups get built and then they get to, I call it like uh, the doorway, right? And these these rules that you said, whether it be rules, whether it be, uh, you know, a mini unique in the home screen, in the in the build settings here, are are basically uh, like a, a checklist at the door, right? It's like, okay, you know, you got, you have uh, your closed-toed shoes, you got your tie on, uh, you got your belt on, and, and that is what the build, that is what the lineup would have to have to get in the door to get to your pool, right? And um, a lot of times, not all the lineups would have that. It's like, okay, you know, you got to go away and then you got to go change, right? And then the builder has to go and I'm making analogies here, but the builder would basically have to uh, find a different type of lineup uh, similar to that, like alter these lineups to, to get in the door here. And then that one takes a lot of time to do. So the lineups would build really, really slow. And then now we're getting away from the lineups that the builder wanted to give you. So instead of doing that entire process, uh, what we decided to do was we decided to in, include mini uniques in the post build here as a filter. So basically what happens is you have, you know, your 20 lineups that you're requesting. We have our pool of 500 lineups here. And then what this mini unique says, it says, Hey, go through my pool and find me 20 lineups that have at least two players different. And then what the builder is going to do is it is going to start basically ignoring certain lineups that do not meet this criteria. So at mini uniques of two, our bottom lineup is 21. So that means it had to not play one lineup because it didn't meet this rule. So um, we see we go from rank 12 to rank 14 here. So we are now skipping lineup 13 because it must have had too many players similar with one of the other 19 lineups 
in our requested number of lineups here. And then if we go, you know, the mini uniques of three here, we're going to see that we go down actually to lineup 35, right? And so now we're skipping even more. So um, we, we think that, you know, the lineups that get built are diverse, are so diverse or are diverse enough for the mini uniques to work well in the post build with this pool of lineups that we build for you. And it is not needed in the build settings uh, up front here. So that is why we made that change. All right. Good question there. Uh, question from Noah said for showdown is SIM diversity or correlation, a bigger change in variance for NBA. As in, if you ran a 10 diversity and then a 10 correlation would the lines overlap at all. Uh, so, okay. So, so basically anytime that lineups, uh, anytime a lineup is generated more than once, it gets tracked in the builder as a SIM optimal. So what happens is like we can't put the same lineup in your pool twice. We we just can't do that, right? Uh, you can't play the same lineup twice in your contest. You'll get you get an error. So what happens is as these lineups come up here, right? As these lineups get generated, um, this this top sim optimal lineup, this Bam at a bio captain with uh, Tatum, Zeller, Vincent, Brown, Martin. This lineup showed up more than once when we were generating your lineups for you. So what the builder says is like, Hey, you know, this lineup keeps coming up. It starts to tally it. Right. And then it keeps that as a uh, variable that we end up using in Sabre score here. So if you go to your single game uh, Sabre score formula here, you're going to see that we take 100 times the number of SIM optimal. So however many times this lineup showed up as optimal when we were building your lineups, we are going to use that as an input here because this lineup probably has a high win probability here and it's showing up very, very often. So that is what is happening with um, SIM diversity here. If you're trying to find lineups, you know, I, I would, I would, I really wouldn't recommend using a uh, correlation at 10. And then also the correlation values of basketball players specifically are going to be really low. So Bam Adebayo's highest positive correlation is to Jason Tatum at 0.02 uh, correlation coefficient here. And, and that's, that's ultimately really low. Right. And then his highest negative correlation is negative 0.12. So correlation is not super impactful in basketball it does exist which is why we have these values which is why you know on in a at mid nba season you know you're going to find your correlation at one two three you know something low to moderate here um but talking specifically about the context here i'm going to make an assumption that you know it sounds like you want similar lineups right you're saying would the lines overlap at all um the line the lineups that you see are going to start to be closer to each other as sim diversity comes down. And the reason for that is as sim diversity comes down, we are using bigger and bigger buckets of sims to build your lineups. So the bigger the bucket, the closer to the mean projection all the players get. So, um, you know, the law of large numbers is, you know, basically as you increase your sample size, the what 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 is occurring is going to move closer and closer to the theoretical average here, right? So, Bam Adebayo scores forty point six two points on average here. Um, he might not get anywhere near that at Sim Diversity nine or Sim Diversity ten for that matter, right? This is going to be one instance, one game Sim. But as we you know, we use 
50 game sims, 100 game sims. I, I really don't know what what the values are at these slider levels. It's going to get closer and closer to that value here, right? So if you want lineups that that look similar but use some sim diversity uh, to get somewhat different from the field, but play some of the best plays, you know, you you could experiment with with a lower sim diversity here, but um, I, I think that using it at the defaults is probably best here. And then I think that there was some one part of this question that I did miss from Noah earlier said, if you lock Jokic's captain, do the Sims have a way to mix the lines between Jokic and two studs versus Jokic was the balance line with him a captain. Uh, so I think that you're just going to see this kind of naturally here. Um, if you want to be this granular, there's not a good way to say like, Hey, you know, build me um, 50% of my lineups with this, uh, this type of like lineup, uh, where it's like two studs and then this other build 50% where it's like balanced, uh, what you're probably going to have to do in that scenario is like take a captain, right? So let's say that we're going to use Jason Tatum because he's the highest projected captain, right? And we're talking about him specifically here. What I would do is I would use the, the magnifying icons and then I would filter for Jason Tatum captain. And then I would go into, I would switch from lineup to pool where you could see all of your lineups with him at the captain. And then I would just look at these and then see if they pass the eye test for you. So for me that this first lineup has Tatum captain and then only bam, and then nobody under three K salary. So I would consider this like kind of uh, balanced here. And then let's see if we could find something else. Uh, this one here, we have Tatum captain bam and Jalen Brown, both over nine K or nine K and above. And then we go way down for Cody Zeller. Right. So, um, figure out, you know, what, what lineups you're looking for. And then what I would just do is use the lock icon. What the lock icon is going to do is that it is going to make sure that this specific lineup is always part of your number of lineups. So if we lock lineup 13 here, which was the one that we removed earlier, first thing it's going to do is it is going to add it back into our number of lineups here. Um, even, even though we have this, uh, mini neeks of three, it's going to make sure that 13, is prioritized. And then if I even lowered my number of lineups down to one, it is going to skip lineups of one through 12 and then go straight to 13 because you locked that lineup. So if you, you know, you're building 20 lineups here, you're doing that Tatum thing, you can lock five lineups. They're always going to be part of your set here. So I would, that, that is how I would do it. So if you wanted to do, you know, Nikola Jokic captain, use your magnifying glass, go through and then basically hand pick the lineups that meet the criteria that you're looking for. All right. Uh, good question there. Next question here from Samuel Campana said, is there a min max salary leverage for MLB? Also, I came in third on $10. What's the winner circle criteria? Uh, so, so I'm going to answer this first part of the question uh, first here, and then we will talk about um, salary here, but let me pull up our winner circle. So if just going to switch screens, All right, so this is the SaberSim, you know, homepage where you come to log in. If you go up here on the top, there is uh, this tab for the winner circle here, and it will give you all of the rules. You can go down to read the rules here, and then this will tell you what qualifies. So finish top five in a contest for at least $1,000 uh, $1, win, and then the prize must be at least 10 times your entry fee. 
tournament must have at least 100 entrants. You must use one of our logos and then uh, take a screenshot, post it on Twitter, and tag us, and then we will reach out to you here and uh, let you know that you have one. So uh, never going to uh, not tell anybody to not post their wins. I think that, you know, uh, any win is a good win here. So congratulations on the win. And if you're looking for more info on the winner's circle to see if you if your win meets the criteria here, you can just come over to the page and read the rules here. But good question there. Can you get Saberson pulled back? And then we'll talk about this salary question here. All right. So question was, is there a min-max salary leverage for MLB? Um, so frankly, I don't. I wouldn't say like there's like a sweet spot for, for salary here. I've talked to a lot of people about this. Um, and, and I've even talked to, um, you know, some sharp users in the community about this and we have min max salaries, you know, 49,000 and 50,000, uh, 49 being minimum 50,000 being maximum here. I've talked to people where they just zero out min salary and they're like, you know what? Uh, baseball is so high variance with batters and, um, the range of outcomes is just so wide here. I'm actually okay playing any salary lineup, uh, you know, even if we get down to 45,000, 44,000, I'm okay playing those lineups. Those lineups are probably pretty well constructed here. So I think that this is like an interesting exercise. Um, it really just comes down to how much you trust the tool that you're using here. But let's say that, you know, you're, you're all in on SaberSim. You you really like the product and you think that, you know, we're going to generate good lineups for you with, with no min salary here. Uh, I think that you could test this, right? You could turn your min salary to zero and you can run lineups and then you can inversely sort by salary here and then see what the bottom salary lineups are, what they look like, what kind of stacks they have, what are the constructions, and then see if they pass the eye test for you. And then you can see, you know, would you be willing to accept the salary lineup at that range and, and why or why not, right? So if I do this, um, in, in our 500 lineups that we built, min salary of zero, our lowest salary lineup that was created was 43200 here. And it looks like it is a 5-3 game stack of the Atlanta and Oakland game here. So we are seeing from the Braves, our five stack is 3-5-7-8-9. And then from Oakland, we are seeing a 2-4-5 stack here. So... With um, Logan Gilbert and Johan Oviedo here, so to me, this lineup looks fine, right? Uh, we are taking the Braves, who I believe have the highest implied run total on the day here, at like five point seven, if I'm correct. So Braves are five point seven, Dodgers are five point four, Cardinals are five point four, Boston's five point three. So yeah, so 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 this is actually really interesting, right? We are taking the team who has the highest implied run total on the day. And we are finding a way to stack that team where their salary in the lineup is they're, they're leaving, you know, six, seven K salary on the table here. And this lineup looks fine, right? We're using uh three, five, seven, eight, nine. So players that are fairly close together here, we're, we're kind of fading the top of the order here, but then we have this really uh, tight knit, uh, A's three stack on the other side. So two, four, five. So, you know, if, if this game, you know, ends up being a very high scoring affair, this lineup could do really well. Right. And I would have no problem playing this lineup. So I, I think it's totally fine to use max a uh, min salary of zero here and play some of these lower salary lineups. But ultimately 
The min salary is set at 49K just to protect users, um, just to give them, you know, higher projected lineups on average. Um, you know, salary is generally correlated to average projection here. So the higher the min salary, the on average, the higher um, mean projection for these lineups here. So that is why we have it. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely not opposed to lowering it a couple thousand or even getting rid of it completely. All right. Good question there. Uh, question from Robert. Are your lineups as effective one hour before lock, assuming no players become unavailable? Uh, so in general, yes. Um, this depends on a couple things here. So for MLB, let's say that, you know, you are playing the um, the night slate or even like the three-game turbo, right? It depends how close these games start together, right? So here, this five-game night slate, We I'm, I'm on the West Coast, so we have a 640 start. 640, 640, 645, 710. An hour before this slate locks, all these lineups are going to be confirmed. So that's where it, what it really comes down to is are all of the lineups out? And um, if if all the lineups are out, no additional sims are going to run unless some lineup changes here. I think baseball, you know, even if a lineup is not out, um, let's say that you build your lineups, you know, lineups continue to come out after that. I am mostly checking personally if any of the players are out at that point. So let's say that we don't have the Washington Dodgers. I build my lineups for the main slate. You know, all, all the lineups are out except for this one game. Uh, let's say these these lineups come out, you know, 30 minutes after lock. And uh, maybe the lineup shifts around a little bit. Maybe it doesn't. But as long as I come in here, you know, refresh my app, get the uh, confirmed check marks here for the team's as long as this red lightning bolt is not red, which indicates that there are out players in your lineup, I'm not doing anything with the additional information of Washington and the Dodgers here. Even if, you know, maybe they give like Freddie Freeman the night off or something. Um, not, not a ton to do here, unless I have a lot of stacks of these teams, right? Let's say that I actually do have like 40% Dodger stacks. Okay. You know, I might want to rebuild in that scenario. Right. But let's say, you know, I have, um, I build 150 lineups. I have, 2% Washington stacks, which is like three lineups total. I'm I'm probably not doing a lot with that lineup, even if these players are out. Even if there's somebody that's out, I'm probably just quick swapping them and then being done with it rather than going back and then doing a bunch of work there. So um, kind of a touch and feel here. I think that, you know, every sport plays a little different here, right? So in NFL season, we run our final Sims an hour prior to start time. Uh, for NBA, you know, lineups get released um, five to 10 minutes before a lock sometimes or somewhere within 30 minutes there. And a lot can change in that time. So for NBA, um, I, I would make sure that you wait until starting lineups are out. For MLB, I would be pretty okay building uh, early and then just making sure that no lineups have been, uh, no players in my lineups are out by just checking the app here. All right. Uh, Oz said, if you know nothing about baseball, think going with the same as blindly could work. So I would say yes. And the reason that I would say that is that, you know, when, when people come in and say, Hey, you know, I want to add value to the process. I want to, um, use Saber Sim to the best of its abilities. What do I do? And, and my first answer is don't do anything in the home screen. You know, don't adjust projections, don't adjust ownership. Uh, we work super hard on these. We monitor these every single day. And we, we keep up with news. We keep up with, you know, 
this guy's on a pitch count limit. This guy's on an inning count limit. Like all of that stuff is, is really accounted for here. So there's not a ton for you to do here in the home screen. The the best thing that users can do, in, in my opinion, especially users who, you know, as you say, like, Hey, I, I I'm pretty new to baseball, but I want to get in on the action. Right. Um, the best thing that you can do is in the home screen, do some risk management here because what's going to happen a lot of the times, uh, is this this actually pretty flat in my opinion as far as like spread out but we don't have any individual batter over 25% owned here which is great but there, there are going to be days you know maybe like a Coors slate or something where it's like we're going to have heavy stacks of the away team here and i think that you know managing your risk to individual batters is is a good thing and that the easiest way to do that is come in here and increase your min uniques so I would say that you know if you're if you're new to baseball you you're, you're not super in tune with it but you want to learn right um, something that Jordan recommends specifically here is that increase increase your min uniques to the maximum and the way that you know it's the maximum is that this lineups the number in parentheses will not match the number of lineups that you have requested so at seven I'm okay at eight still okay and then at nine here. Uh, we run out of enough lineups to meet this min unique threshold here. So 16 uh, does not match our 20. So then what Jordan says is, hey, figure out what the max is and then do one less than the max. So here you would increase your min uniques to eight. What this is going to do is it is going to uh, spread out your variance, spread out your risk here, right? So at min uniques of eight, we have 145 players in our player pool. And then at min uniques of one, we only have 102 players in our player pool, right? So this is going to help you to get a lot more spread out on the slate, give you access to a lot more teams, give you access to a lot more pitchers here. And, um, you know, not going to use them all, right? Even on this 13-game main slate, mini Neeks maxed out here. Uh, we're still not playing five teams, but that's fine, right? It is going to going to prioritize the best uh, players, the best teams to stack here. And then same for pitchers, but this is a much more risk-averse approach. This is the approach that I would recommend to anybody playing in MLB for the first time here. But aside from that, I don't think you need to do, to do too much, right? Um, you're, even at mini uniques of eight, we're still getting at least a four stack in all of our lineups here. So I don't think there's a ton more to do. I think that that is a fine approach to MLB DFS here. All right, up. Uh, Getting toward the end of our questions here, a couple questions from Noah and Jack here, and then um, no more questions after that. So if anybody has any last questions that they want to get in, now is a great time to do that. Noah said, for MLB today, if you ran 5,000 lineups since it is a large slate, would a 20 max set be more 5-3, 5-2-1, or 5-1-1-1? Um, so, so this really comes down to your sliders here. I think with correlation at 10, you're probably going to continue to see very big stacks here. So like even in, even in my bite size sample of 500 here, you know, I'm seeing 35% five twos, 46% five threes. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, these are going to correlate perfectly to 5,000 here, but you should see something pretty similar. Right. Um, so, so the best thing to do would be, you know, come in here, run your pool of 5,000 and then change your number of, or actually you don't even need to do that. So come to your stacks and then, what I would compare is like your pool exposures here to the lineups in your top 20 and then see how they match up and then see, you know, try and make some inferences about, okay, you know, this lineup showing up the most, but Saber Sam is showing that, 
these lineups uh, come up more often in my top 20. Why is that? You know, you can open this up to, uh, if you had 5,000, you know, maybe you want to see the top 200. Maybe you want to see the top 500, right? And and look at these in different uh, bite-sized samples. So your top 50 lineups would be your top 1%. Uh, your top 500 would be your top 10%. And then maybe you, you know, analyze your pool from different angles and see what allocations you get uh, in relation to your pool of 5,000 overall. All right, Jack said, hi, Andrew, what is the difference between Sim and Sim Optimized? Both appeared on my lineups for MLB yesterday. Um, so not not 100% sure uh, what exactly you were seeing here, but um, if you could, you know, if, if you ever run into an issue or something like that, what you can do is you, you set it, go to, go to settings, go to report a problem, write us a brief description, and then this will give you give us info about your session here. Or another thing that you can do is, you know, even take a screenshot of whatever it is. If you want, if you guys ever need, like, take a snip of your screen, uh, I'm on Windows, so I would use uh, the Windows Shift S, and then you can just, like, uh, grab a grab a clip if you want to, you know, send this one lineup, Windows Shift S, and then just uh, use your cursor to grab the individual lineup here. But just some some ideas for you there. One thing that I will say is that, you know, one, one thing that you're going to see different here is that for Sims that we, for, for sports that we support that we have full Sims for, you're always going to see Sim diversity. If you had switched over to a sport that we do not support, um, maybe something like soccer here, instead of Sim diversity, what you're going to see is you're going to see uh, smart randomness here. So this is like traditional randomness. This is assuming all players are normally distributed. And this is going to basically uh, take different amounts of variance for the players based on, you know, what, what this is set at. And it'll go, you know, uh, further and further away from the, the mean here. So this is like the only thing I could think of that is similar to what you were talking about. All right. Uh, last question here in the YouTube chat. Noah said, for MLB, how do you determine three lines for a cash line versus three lines for entry GPP? Is it which three lines show up the most times in the Sims or is there a specific data point you'd look at? Uh, okay, so good question here. So, so you're not going to see Sim optimals here unless you're building at Sim Diversity 10. So if you like... Hey, I want to, you know, see what lineups in my MLB pool come up most often. Um, even on this build I ran with 10 correlations, seven sim diversity, you're not going to see sim optimals here because sim optimals are only a summary statistic for builds that are built on sim diversity 10. So if you're looking for it, not seeing it, that is why you would have to manually change your sim diversity here. As far as cash lines, you know, what I'm probably doing if I'm building lines for cash is I'm just building on cash, you know, using the zero zero settings and then probably taking the three top cash lineups here. Um, the big thing with cash is you do not want to sacrifice projected points. And the further down the pool you go, the more projected points that you are sacrificing because on cash lineups, we are um, default sorting by projected score here. And then second part of this question, you know, for, for GPPs, I think it's a little different here. Um, you could play like the top three GPP lineups, right? But they're probably going to be really similar. Um, be, that is because, you know, the formula that SaberSim is using 
to rank these lineups is going to basically like if Sabersim thinks one team is really good, that team is probably going to show up multiple times here, right? And, you know, we, we're seeing a five stack of the Braves, a five stack of the Braves, and a five stack of the Braves, right? And we're seeing these these five three Toronto Braves. So this is what Sabersim likes, you know? Um, in, in this case, I actually think it's good to use many uniques here because what you're saying is like, hey, I don't want all three lineups to be exactly the same. Um, make sure to make them different. And then even if you want, you know, you could probably use a mini niece of nine here and say, Hey, you know, um, make sure that these lineups are incredibly different. Right. And even, even then this is actually like really amazing to me. Um, mini niece of nine. So we're saying, Hey, nine out of 10 players must be different in every lineup. The only player that's used more than once are two pitchers, which I think is fine. You're going to get way different stacks, right? So we have a Braves blue Jays. We have a Royals D backs, and then we have a Cardinals five-stack with uh, a bunch of one-offs here. So Cleveland one-off, Mets one-off, and a Royals one-off here. So um, I think that using mini-neeks and getting spread out, still playing good lineups, right? One, four, and seven in your pool is great here. So I, I would treat those two different type of contests differently as how I approach them. All right. Uh, jumping over to Discord here. Question from Chuck. Chuck said, with batters being able to get negative points on owner's box, does that change the overall strategy or is this baked into the Sims? Uh, so it, it's it's baked into the fantasy point projections that you see. It's not baked into the Sims per se. So basically the, the Sims are the Sims, right? Regardless of whether you are playing on FanDuel, whether you are playing on DraftKings, Yahoo, owner's box, we are using the same SIM database for all sites. What is different is the scoring in on all the sites, right? So, um, you know, across all of our SIMs, you know, the distributions for all these players are the same, but we are adapting the fantasy point projections that you see to account for all of the stats that are included in the scoring. So, you know, for our batters here on DraftKings, we do not care when Ronald Acuna strikes out right? Uh, has no effect on his fantasy point projection, but on owner's box where you get negative 0.5 points for striking out, we do care about that. So on that site, the strikeouts are in, are baked into the fantasy point projection here, but on DraftKings, they are not. So to answer your question, you know, we are accounting for it. I don't think that there's anything you need to do specifically to try and account for it here, but we are baking that into the projections that you see on the home screen. All right. Uh, question from Scout here, which I'm not sure I know the answer for this. So Scout said, what distribution do you guys use for strikeouts? Uh, so if I were to go to my pitchers and I were to pull up Zach Gallon, so we're going to see, you know, this, this uh, histogram of his outcomes across the entire slate here. My understanding is that this is a Poisson distribution, right? So a Poisson distribution is like you're, you're measuring how often something happens, but but time is basically like irrelevant here. So a good analogy is like uh, how many dogs get like adopted in, in a week at a shelter. And it's like 
we don't really know, you know, what, what time frames that they're getting adopted, but they're getting adopted over this period of time. So it's like, you know, we're not saying uh, one dog every hour, but we're saying, you know, uh, 10 dogs a week on average. And we have, you know, these, these years of data where, where that's occurred. Right. So I think that this is similar in that regard. Right. Um, you know, we don't, we know that he gets this many strikeouts over this many innings pitched and, and things like that. But we can't like say for certain, like, Hey, he's getting, you know, this many strikeouts like per this many pitches or anything like that. So, so um, I, I could be way off there, you know, but I'm pretty sure that this is like a Poisson distribution. If, if I had to take a guess, um, but if, if you're more interested in that kind of um, detail here, scout, what I would do is I would post that in the pro channel, uh, you know, your name's purple in the discord here. So it tells me on the pro plan. So I would post that in the pro channel and maybe somebody else like uh, Matt or Eric or Will can, can get you a uh, better answer if, if I did not get that one. Right. Or if you're looking for something a little more specific. All right, everybody. Uh, great show. You know, we had questions from support. We had questions from YouTube chat. We had questions from office hours, uh, channel in discord. We started this show with one question. I was pretty worried about how long this show would go. And, you know, you guys continue to show up each and every day for this show, you know, asking questions and, um, you know, really engaging. So I, I really appreciate you guys, uh, tuning into the show it means a lot to me here. And before I get out of here, just want to let you all know that if you are not playing on owner's box, I would highly recommend doing so here. Uh, owner's box, Contests are generally softer than what you're going to find on DraftKings, Yahoo, and FanDuel. The contest overlay or have uh, are rake-free or have reduced rake very, very often here. So take advantage of that reduced rake. That is money that you do not need to win back before seeing a profit. And then if you use code SABER or SABERSIM when you sign up, you will get access to a $500 deposit bonus. And then we will track your entry fees and then you can earn free SaberSim credit just for playing on the site. So each time you hit either $3,500 in entry fees, $5,000 in entry fees, or $7,500 in entry fees, you can earn credit to the Saber the SaberSim standard plan, pro plan, or prop plan here. So just some great reasons to be playing over on owner's box. And, uh, Kurt said, tough to get here sometimes because I do have a day job. LOL. Thank you, Kurt. Man, hey, I appreciate you, you know, finding a way to tune in. And then for anybody who can't tune in, right, uh, these these shows are recorded. We have the shows on YouTube. We You can find us on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple. Uh, just just search for, you know, SaberSim DFS Office Hours. It should come up if you guys are having any issues with that. Uh, just let us know, but we are on all major podcast platforms for people who don't want to, you know, tune in and, and watch, just want to listen, you know, have it going on the headphones, something like that. Right. So we do get these posted usually the next day. So appreciate everybody who listens to the show. If you guys are building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the office hours channel. Let it sit there till tomorrow gives us a steady queue of questions to get going with on the next show here. So until tomorrow, take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.